Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. To find out more, point your browser to www.princubator.com or look us up at Annika Jackson PR. Welcome back to this episode of Your Brand Amplified, and it is an honor and pleasure to introduce my next guest, Peter Shankman. If you're in the marketing PR world, you've most likely used Help a Reporter Out, uh, which Peter founded. He's a future in residence at Epic Marketing Consultants, has the number one podcast on ADHD, which I have, uh, <coughs> which focuses on the superpowers and gifts of having a faster than normal brain, the Shank Minds Breakthrough Network, many, many, many more things. So um, Peter, Welcome to the show, and I'd love for you to share your story in your words. There, there are so many facets to it. I, I can't even pick out where to start. <laughs> yeah, okay, that was, well, thank you for the intro. It's great to be here. Okay, you're welcome. Now just talk about yourself. I hate that. Um, so, you know, what can I tell you? I, uh, I wasn't supposed to be doing any of this. Uh, I was in graduate school. I was studying fashion and portrait photography because it seemed wow. fun. Uh, in the in the early 90s in Santa Barbara, California, I had 18 credits to go and I lost my financial aid. Mm. Uh, the government said, your your parents make too much money. We're taking away your financial aid for grad school. I said, yes, they, they do make too much money. However, they, they keep it. Yeah. Uh, the government did not find that funny. I moved back to New York, um, was hanging out. In, again, this is the early 90s, hanging out in something called the Melrose Place TV gossip chat room on America Online. Mm. Uh back when AOL was the internet. Yeah. And somebody said, hey, you know, your company's trying to, my company's trying to build a newsroom. Why don't you submit your resume? You have a journalism degree from Boston University. I said, sure, that sounds like great. I'll be perfect for you. I learned sarcasm doesn't translate well on the internet. And I was, two weeks later, I was hired by America Online to move down to Virginia and help launch their newsroom. Oh, wow. Um, it was insanity. I literally had no clue as to what we're doing. We'd try something. If it worked, we'd try it again. If it didn't work, we wouldn't do it again. Um, but yeah, over the course of like three years, I had a two and a half, three years and a blast there. Uh, and I learned the, the, the other thing you learn in business, the cruel hard reality that nothing is permanent. And 300 of us got laid off in one morning, um, like late, like late, early 97, something like that. Came home, uh, said, I, I should be able to do a, a, you know, I was teaching people at AOL how to communicate and how to, what the newsroom was. And mm-hmm. I would be good at PR. I should start a PR firm. One of the cool things about AOL or about ADHD is that you really only have two speeds. You have, you don't have a middle ground. You don't like explore things. You don't say, maybe I'll write this out and revisit it. No, you either do it or you don't. Exactly. My, my two speeds are namaste and I'll cut a bitch. And there's like no middle ground there. And so for me, I'm like, I should start a PR firm. I'm going to quit this job I have working in a magazine that I just got um, and start a PR firm. My parents said I was crazy, especially because I was calling the firm the Geek Factory. I started around the dot-com boom. Uh, 27 years old, 26 years old, had like 15 clients, had eight employees in an office. Uh, it's crazy. We were, yeah. we were repping America Online, Napster, Juno, I mean, all these ridiculous oh, all the companies. Um, sold the agency in 2001 right before the dot-com boom crashed. Tried to take a year off, went to Asia, packed a bag, went to Asia. Said, I'm going to take a year bumming around Asia. I've never done that. I got to Asia, saw Tokyo, saw Hong Kong, saw Phuket, Thailand. Three weeks later, I was back at Tokyo airport, started coming home. 
my, I called my mother from, from, from Narita airport. I said, I'm coming home. She goes, why? So I'm like, you never taught me how to relax. I slammed down the phone. And so I came home <laughs> and started consulting and the consulting led to speaking and the speaking led to traveling over the place and traveling over the place led to always finding out information about my seatmate because I was always curious. Mm-hmm. Um, I still didn't know at this point that I had ADHD or how bad it was. I just knew that I like to talk to people, right? Thing was, I like to talk to people, but not talk. I like to talk to people to listen. And yeah. so if you're sitting next to me, unless you fake your own death, if you're sitting next to me on a seat on an airplane, I'm going to know everything about you by the time we land. And so I started building this ridiculous Rolodex. Um, and every once a year, because I'm still doing PR, I'd send a note out to every reporter I knew and say, hey, I know a ton of people, right? If you're ever doing anything on whatever, chances are I know someone. I'm not pitching. I just, I just know a lot of people. If I can help, let me know. And that led to help a reporter out three years after. So I, I did that. Like six months later, it was on the web as a, as a, as a, as a form where you'd get an email. Like a year after that, we were sending out three emails a day to like 150,000 people. Two years after that, it was acquired. We had like half a million people getting three emails a day with like an 80% open rate every day. And, and it was just crazy. And it was acquired by, uh, by Cision or Vocus, now Cision, part of Pure Newswire. And um, yeah, since then, I've written several books. I've, I've learned about my ADHD. I'm a talking head on the net on all the networks. I like helping people. I'm a single dad to an eight-year-old daughter, which is probably the best part. Um, still travel nowhere near as much as I used to. Thank you, COVID. So hopefully that's starting to come back because travel is really where I get my, uh, my, it's, it's how I reset. Mm-hmm. Um, that and exercise are the two things that keep me from, you know, uh, either going crazy or, you know, murdering people or ADHD or whatever. So I'm <laughs> able to, to, but I've learned to use my ADHD to my advantage and that's become, tremendously beneficial. You know, as long as I get the workout in the morning, I mean, this, this speed at which I'm talking now is, is my normal speed. And I have it because I woke up in the morning and I did an hour on the Peloton. Uh, I race, I'm doing the Ironman trial world championships in Kona, Hawaii in October um, to raise 150 grand for leukemia lymphoma society. Mm-hmm. You know, they offered me the chance. They said, you probably want to talk about your family. Nope. Nope. In done. <laughs> you, you just, know, make, like it. you said, you have two speeds, you make a decision. And, and I, I find um, the same thing. I remember that those early days of the dot com, I was working for publishers, magazines in oh, yeah. uh, San Francisco. Same thing happened. I came to work one day. We'd all been laid off, um, went on vacation, came back, got rehired as a contractor for more money, then got rehired to launch. That's the craziest part, right? It's like for more money. They yeah. Could save so much money and I'd still be working AOL and I'd, I'd have retired. <laughs> no, no, totally. And we'll you're go. doing, did you say uh, you have a marathon tomorrow? I have a New York City, I have the New York City triathlon on right. Sunday, which is a mile swim, a uh, 28 mile bike ride, and then a, a 10K run. Um, and then that should be fine. In October, I have the full Ironman, which is a 2.4 mile swim in, in the ocean in Hawaii, 112 mile bike ride up Kona, uh, the volcanoes in Kona, and then followed by a full marathon. Oh my gosh. You it's amazing. So it's, it sounds like you really, even though you didn't know you had ADHD, you were able to really use that to be creative and to help find new creative ways to impact people, how they communicate and collaborate. And I was pretty yeah. much all my life just a screw up, right? I was what was, you know, not a screw up per se, but I wasn't, I, when I was growing up, ADHD didn't exist. What existed was sit down, you're disrupting the class disease. Right. Right. And so for me, it, what, you know, when I'd make a joke in class, I was always the class clown. When I'd make a joke in class, it was really interesting. I didn't learn this till like my you know, early 40s. I'd make a joke. Class would laugh. I'd get in trouble. But in between the few moments where I told the joke and I got in trouble, 
the class laughing did something for me. It gave me dopamine and that dopamine allowed me to focus. Right? So looking back on this, like 30 years later, I was getting in trouble so I could learn. Wow. Now, of course, having taken all those lessons, it's no wonder that I'm at my best on stage. Put me in, put me in a room in front of 50,000 people where I'm on a stage and I will own that room. Yeah. And I will give you the best keynote you've ever had in life. But put me in a <laughs> dinner party, put me in a dinner party with five other people and I'll be back in the second bedroom playing with the cat by myself because, yeah, people suck. Right. But I, I, was, I, was, I was on a flight last year before COVID with someone about this. We we're talking about it. And, and I'm like, I get on the plane. I'm like, oh, God, I hate people. And the guy next to me is like, he's like, we've been talking for 20 minutes. Why would you say you hate people? You seem, you seem really nice. I'm like, no, no, you're not a people. You're a person. I like you. It's every one of those other motherfuckers on the plane. I can't stand them. They're people. Right. And so, but that's what it comes down to. Right. It's like, I, I, I think that when you're ADHD, you also have very little tolerance for stupidity. Um, I was on Amtrak yesterday with my daughter and, and she's eight years old. She can't get vaccinated yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And despite it being a federal law, half the people in the car didn't have their mask on. And the guy behind me, the woman behind me, I said, I'm like, could you do me a favor? Put your mask on. My daughter isn't vaccinated. Just, well, it shouldn't be my problem if, if, you know, if you haven't vaccinated your daughter. I'm like, she can't get it yet. She's eight. The yeah. minimum is 12, you pool cue. You know, it's like people are just are, are, are just so self. But the, the benefit of that, of course, is that if you want to win all the things, I don't need you to be awesome. All I need you to do is suck slightly less than everyone else that goes to your business that goes to your personal life my my favorite story um tony bennett was a client at one point and and back in the early 2000s my mother my father me and tony bennett and tony bennett's 29 year old girlfriend all went out to dinner and um at some point during dinner my mother stood up to go to the bathroom and tony bennett stood up for her and my dad and i just kept eating like when the simpsons weren't paying any attention my mother comes back in the bathroom. Tony Bennett stands up again. Dinner ends. Tony Bennett and his girlfriend get in their car or their, their driver or whatever. My dad and I, my mom, were looking for a cab. And uh, my dad's like, my God, what an amazing meal. I'm like, yeah, that food was incredible. And my mother's like, Tony Bennett stood up for me when I went to the bathroom and they didn't talk to either of us for a week. Right. <laughs> oh, no. And so it's, but that's all it took ever since that moment, those little tiny things that left such an impression on me. Mm-hmm. Right. My wife uh, married me. Because she said, I asked about her day on her first date. She's like, oh, I totally didn't find you attractive. But she's my ex-wife now, which explains a lot. But she's like, I totally didn't find you attractive. But, you know, you asked about my day. And my ex, my, long, my second longest relationship, my ex-girlfriend, Jen, she said, oh, yeah, you totally weren't my type. You asked about my day and you stood up and I went to the bathroom. We dated for three and a half years. It's, I don't need your business to be awesome. I need you to answer the phone and just smile. I need you to, you know, reach out to me for the first time in five years, not when you have something to sell. Reach out to a reporter, not when you're trying to pitch a story, but when you just want to say, hey, how can I help? The five most unutilized words in the English language, how can I help you? Yeah. So, so this stuff tells nicely into your work with neurodiverse and remote economies. Um, those are really compelling to me, number one, because I built my latest company completely remotely during the pandemic, and I'm keep, I've signed a pledge to keep it remote. Um, and then a neuro you know, diversity, I think, is so important, thinking about how the brain works and how, and you're a perfect example of this, right? So I'd love to hear more about what work you're doing in those areas. Um, so for me, my neurodiversity obviously was ADHD, but neurodiversity is anyone who has a different brain, different way of thinking than anyone else. That's, that's everything from, um, you know, ADD, ADHD, autism, executive function disorder, uh, anything along those lines, Asperger's. And so for me, I was able to understand that my brain works differently. And how can I use that to my advantage? Problem was most of the businesses I worked for did not understand how that, well, you can't, you have to work like everyone else, right? right? If you don't work by everyone else, 
you know, let everyone else, you're fired. Um, what I'm trying to explain to companies is that the best employees they could possibly get are the ones who are different, the ones who work like differently, the ones who don't think the same way. They just have to learn to understand them because they're, they're tons more creative. They're tons more, they'll, they'll come up with great ideas. They'll implement things that no one would have ever wanted to implement uh, or never thought it would happen. Um, almost everything I've done has come on, on because I had the idea and I implemented it as opposed to having the idea and then thinking about it, then maybe asking around about it, you know, 10 months later, nothing's been done. Uh, you want people with ADHD, with creative types like that on your team, but you have to know A, how to reach them, B, how to hire them, and C, how to keep them happy. And that also goes for customers. You know, I have a, um, I worked with a client, a fast food joint that invited me out, their corporate, their, their headquarters, their flagship store on the West Coast. We went out there and uh, they're like, all right, let's go to lunch and you'll see what we're working with. They wanted to figure out how to reach the neurodiverse audience. Mm-hmm. So we went in and I remember looking at the menu about 105 items on the menu. It was all digital. It was interrupted every 20 seconds by a commercial. Oh my God. I, I'm like, I need to leave before I start, start firebombing. I'm like, let's walk down the street. Oh, look, there's an In-N-Out burger. Oh, well, look what's on the menu. Hamburger, cheeseburger, fries, shake, done. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so death by, death by choice is a real, death by too many choices is a real thing. My, and so I've learned these lessons. I put them into play. The things you wouldn't expect. I, I have to work out in the morning, right? That's how I get my dopamine. That's number one. Then my closet has two sides to it and it's labeled. Um, one side says office slash travel and it's t-shirt and jeans. The other side says speaking slash TV and it's button down shirt, jacket and jeans. That's it. My suits, my vest, my sweaters, my sweatshirts, all that stuff. They are in my daughter's room because if I had to go in every morning and look at my closet, okay, what should I wear today? Oh my God, that sweater. I remember that sweater. Larry gave me that sweater. I wonder how she's, I should look her up. It's three hours later. I'm naked in the living room on Facebook. I haven't left the house. So eliminate choice. I quit drinking a long time ago. I drink so rarely, maybe once, twice a year. And under very specific circumstances, like with a friend, with someone I love in my apartment, whatever. I don't go to bars because ADHD, I don't have one drink. I have six Mm -hmm. drinks. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm trying to get drunk or stay drunk or do anything like that. I don't, you know, pillage villages in the middle of anything like that. But for me, there is no such thing as one drink. And if the drinks are there, I'm going to drink them. Uh, the line from War Games, it says the only winning move is not to play. Mm-hmm. I was working in a, in a Regis space in like a rental office one day. And a person next door to me came and said, hey, we just had a pizza party and um, had like eight, seven slices of leftover pizza. Do you want some? You want to take it home? And I'm sorry, leftover pizza? They go, yeah, it's in there. Like what? That's not a real thing. Like <laughs> I have never had left. That's just, that doesn't exist. It's like leftover tequila. It's not a real thing. Like with my daughter, I learned this really early on. Like when she started, when we started eating real food, like before five years old as a single dad, I'd order a pizza. I want pizza. Okay. I order a pizza. She'd have a slice and a half. I'd have six and a half. Yeah. That's not okay. Right. So now we walk to the pizza place. She gets a slice or two slices. <laughs> I get a salad or whatever, because I can eat an entire pie, but, and again, I can eat an entire thing of ice cream and I can eat entire, and you just have to know yourself, right? So neurodiversity is this amazing gift as long as you understand yourself and understand how to put up guardrails around your life to let you, you know, live the best life. I come up with great ideas all the time. I have an assistant who's been with me for 14 years now. I think she probably helped schedule this interview. And the reason being is that I don't have access to my own calendar. And she took right access away from my calendar years ago. She's like, I'm like, why would you do that? She goes, Peter, you booked two dinners on the same night. I'm like, that's not a big deal. She's like, no, you booked them on separate continents. You're done. And that was it. And that was it. I haven't, I haven't entered anything in my calendar since. And so being able to just know that I see her, she handles it. It's not going to get screwed up. Mm -hmm. 
it's a godsend. You wouldn't do your own surgery. Right. 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 Why would you do your own accounting, your own lawyering, all your own scheduling, all the stuff that I'm terrible at? I try to outsource as much as humanly possible. I love it. I feel like I'm, I'm, I need to be taking notes um, <laughs> on, on all of the lessons that I'm learning right now. Lucky uh, for you, I, I wrote a best-selling book yep. called Faster <laughs> Than Normal, which covers all of this. <laughs> yeah, and, and I have actually ordered the book, so I'm looking forward to getting it. And what's interesting, I have, I'm a single mom, I have a 13-year-old daughter. There you go. She has, she is going to get her PhD in neuroscience because she wants to study. Yeah, from where? So she's already reading all these different books on the brain and brain function. She asked me to order her the DSM-5. And That's like, so I, cool. I know, this child, like I was definitely, um, well, I was already doing like collaboration and marketing and PR and events from the time I was young. So I, I guess I'm still in that field, but I'm like, wow, she really knows who she is and what she wants. And that's so well, cool. I can tell you that a good friend of mine just got her PhD from Harvard in neuroscience and she's about as ADHD as I am. It is very doable. And, and yeah, she's actually, I mentioned her in the book. Her name is Rachel Cotton. Oh, she's nice. so definitely, uh, yeah, good for your kid. That's awesome. Your kid's awesome. So I know there's, um, you've, you've done a lot in your life. You have this amazing child and I'm sure she's a big source of inspiration, but what else inspires and motivates you? Because you, you, you could stop now. I mean, you, I feel like you've done so much, right? And you continue to do so much, but you continue to put things out that will help other people understand and have a better experience, whether it's in life or in marketing or PR or whatever, you know, business. Yeah. What else inspires me? I'm a licensed skydiver. I've learned ways to get my dopamine. Skydiving is one of them. I am inspired by anyone who has been told no and manages to, told they'll never be able to do it and manages to do it anyway. I think that... Everyone should try to be an entrepreneur at least once. I believe that the majority of entrepreneurs don't get, don't become entrepreneurs, not because they don't have good ideas or not because they can't do it, but because they're afraid of what other people are going to say. Mm -hmm. And that, in my opinion, is just the worst thing ever. I gave up caring what other people thought years ago. I remember I was dating someone and when I first was getting my skydiving license and her father came to me once and said, oh, so she tells me you're skydiving. I'm like, yeah, she goes, what are you, an idiot? I'm like, eh, we're done here. So, you know, life is way too short, right? Life is way too short. For a true entrepreneur, it's something you can't not do. Yeah. I've, I've worked for other companies, but at the end of the day, I can't not pursue the ideas that I have, right? And it sounds like you've been much the same. Well, you, the thing is, you don't want to sit there and the, the worst feeling in the world is what if. Right. I would hate to say, what if? What if I didn't try this? What if I didn't do this? I love every single one of my failures. They're awesome. Yeah. Well, they're not really failures. They're life lessons. They're, they're learning lessons. Exactly. I've learned that got them. you to the next point. I won't hire anyone who hasn't failed before. Nice. Wow. So this is going a little off topic from what we're talking about right now, but do you have a favorite quote or phrase? Two of them. First one is, if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. Oh, that's a good one. And my second one has always been, if you don't like where you are, move. You're not a tree. <laughs> Those are awesome. So we talked a little bit about what's next for you with uh, your multi-athleticism. What's next for you in business and in other aspects of your life? Oh, I have no idea. I, I enjoy helping. I enjoy creating things that help people. I wrote a book several years ago called Zombie Loyalists, using great service to create rabid fans. Uh, I just got the rights back to it from my publisher. So I'm going to re, re I was supposed to rewrite it last week on a flight to South Africa for a speech, but the speech got canceled when the borders got shut down because of the Delta variant. So I'm hoping 
to rewrite that and, and send that back out. Okay. I've gotten very involved in the creator currency space, the creator economy space. I have my own cryptocurrency. It's called Shank, the Shank coin. Okay. And you can find it at rally.io. And in fact, the first five listeners of your show who send me an email at peter at shankman.com mentioning rally.io and the Shank coin, I will send them some Shank coins. I think the coin is currently around, say, seven bucks, eight bucks a coin. So I will, I will send them some coins. And uh, it's pretty crazy how quickly it has exploded. A coin launched about seven months ago at like 11 cents. Wow. And so it is, it is definitely grown. Yeah, yeah. The coin is, Shank is currently worth, it's currently $7.39 a coin. Yeah. So uh, anyone who sends me an email, I'll gladly send you some, send you some coins. Okay. So that's, that's an interesting um, deviation almost, but not really from the way that I can see your mind works. <laughs> It's, it's something different. It's, but again, it's something that someone presented me this idea. I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Sure. You know, it didn't cost me anything. I didn't have to spend my kid's college fund for it. I'm like, sure, let's try it. I was honored to be included in one of the original 125 creators. Nice. And it's, it's blown up. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. If people want to find out more about you, they want to order your books, they want to work with you, they want to potentially, if it's open, join your Breakthrough Network let them do all those things. Uh, the okay. breakthrough group is called, it's called shank minds and shankminds.com. But my, I am Peter at shankman.com is my email. I answer all my own email. Um, I'm at Peter Shankman on all the socials. And my only requirement, if you want to meet in person and pick my brain is that we do it via a walk and talk, uh, a la Aaron Sorkin in the West wing. So we can oh. go for a workout. We can go for a run. We can go for a Peloton class. We can walk central park, whatever, but we have to do it physically. Cause that's a much better, uh, a much better way to get the ideas flowing. We're not going to sit and have a cup of coffee. That's boring. I want to fly to New York just to do that with you. Anytime. I'm going to have to make that happen. You have been definitely the most refreshing and interesting interview I've had. Um, very kind of you. <laughs> but I've also learned a lot. And I, I'm very grateful and thankful that you took some time out of the storm. And <laughs> uh, it's, it's great. It's still going <laughs> But yeah, anytime. I'm happy to do it. This is fun. Have me back. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, again, I think that if you've had any modicum of success, you have like some sort of responsibility to send the elevator back down. And so it's not so much talking about myself or what I've done, it, but saying maybe there's someone in the audience who's like, well, shit, I might try that. Maybe that'll work and yeah. we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. Is there anything else you want to leave our audience with today? A friend of mine was, a, uh, was in the military and he survived several tours of Afghanistan. And, and, and prior to that, he was uh, the original Desert Storm and Desert Shield. And he, older guy, and he got through everything, got out, was in his 50s and said, you know, sometime in the next five years, I, I've decided I really want to see wherever, some other country he'd never been to. And he's like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And he wrote this whole list. And he got clipped by a drunk driver and killed. You never know when your last day on this earth is. And I don't know, you don't know. And so, knowing that only, only that we don't know, why would you waste time and say, I'll do it tomorrow? I want to be on my deathbed going, okay, I, I did the majority of, if not all of what I wanted to do. I helped the world. I helped the child. I helped the animal. I made the world slightly better. And if I can say that, it's been a good life, right? Yeah. But don't, don't wait. You never know. You just never know. And on that note, that's a great, great thing to meditate on. So thanks to our listeners for being here for another week of Your Brand Amplified. And Peter Shankman, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure and is mine. Want more tips and tricks? Check us out online at www.annikapr.com, on social media at Annika Jackson PR, or join our three-month PR Incubator Bootcamp for small businesses 
via www.princubator.com. 